Welcome back to the Lash Base Podcast. Today we are speaking with Training Academy of the Year winner, Ashley from Ashes Lashes. Now, Ashley won the best new training academy, but don't let that fool you. She's been in the industry for eight years now, so she has a lot of experience and is a worthy winner of our Training Academy of the Year. Today, we spoke all about how she got into the industry and some top tips on what makes a good trainer and how you can get your students in through the door. Let's go. Okay, so here we are with um, the newest award-winning lash trainer uh, from Ashes Lashes. It's Ashley. Thank you very much for coming on to the podcast to be able to hopefully share some tips um, and tricks and talk about your story and how you got to where you are um, at, and hopefully inspire a few people to do the same because I think from where you have only fairly recently started as a trainer to where you've got to already is absolutely unbelievable. So firstly, congratulations on winning the most recent Training Academy of the Year Awards. I think it was for the category of uh, new training school. So could you just tell us a little bit about like yourself and sort of the, the award process? Because you haven't been training for long, have you? Yeah, um, well, thank you very much. Um, it's been an absolute honour to receive it. Um, I actually have been lashing for eight years now, um, eight years coming up this month. Um, but I only started my training academy last October um, is when I set it up. And I'd seen the awards were kind of running, um, I think it was about July, August time. And, you know, I, I kind of, with a bit of imposter syndrome, thought, I don't, I don't know if I could run for that. But I thought, right, I'll just give it a go. I'll try it. And obviously it's, it's massively paid off. So I'm over the moon, absolutely over the moon to receive the award. It has been crazy. I must admit out of um, the whole process that we had from like where we get people to nominate um, for the shortlist. And then when we released the shortlist, obviously you were on that. Uh, you're, uh, you got pr probably the most amount of uh, public uh, recognition and acknowledgement that you should be in the list and you should be the winner. So I'm not sure how you did it, but there was an army of people that were sharing <laughs> <laughs> and obviously I've got a audio. group of supporters <laughs> um I kind of shared it like over things like LinkedIn and my Facebook just to my like friends and family um and my clients just asked my clients to help me out um so that that's amazing I'm over the moon with that yeah it was crazy and so with your training as you said you've been qualified for um eight years now or just over eight years uh yeah what what's, was your thought process why because uh, I know in today's industry people get qualified in lashes and then a week later decide they want to be a trainer which I don't I don't agree with however that is just the industry we're in um how did you go down the path of eight years worth of training uh sorry of lashing before you decided that you want to use your skills to teach others um so when I started lashing um you know I was just doing it as kind of like a part-time job um and then I quit that full-time job and I went to university because I thought that I wanted to do primary teaching so I went down the route of the education studies degree um so I completed that uh two thousand. 2015 to 2018 um I done that at Sunderland University and come out with the first absolutely loved my degree I, I love learning the pedagogy I really really enjoyed it um so education has always been like another passion of mine it just that when I left finished my degree I wasn't quite ready to pursue something in primary teaching it just wasn't it wasn't aligning with what kind of what I wanted to do 
but I still felt like I wasn't in 2018 probably confident enough to train I feel like to be a good trainer you need that you know need thorough subject knowledge and I still felt like I needed a little bit more time to kind of build all my skills that I could be the best trainer um so that when I kind of came to doing it start of 2021 I looked into the courses I felt I felt like it was time like I had had a good time off with lockdown and maternity and good time to reflect um and it felt like the time to kind of share the wealth of knowledge because you know training years ago it, it was there was a lot of gatekeeping of all the information and obviously theory develops over time but it felt like time to kind of share it about and and get the academy up, up and running yeah, I think a lot of people had the same sort of train of thought when they when we went through all the lockdowns and things like that, that it, it gave people opportunity to really have a look at what they were doing and where they wanted to go. Um, and it's just everyone kind of had that thought, but it was the people that really put it into action and then managed to do something with it. And obviously you have in, in 2021 um, to go from nothing to an award-winning training school in such a short space of time. It I definitely will be to do with the fact that you've got uh, a lot of experience um, on your shoulders as well anyway, which I think definitely must have helped. So you may be a new training school, but you're definitely not uh, a new person to the industry, which will have will have changed everything, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I do feel like the, I, I think you need a wealth of experience, Um and like I said, skill building before you, you even consider it. I think a lot of people think that they do it because they think it's the next step, like naturally, but I think that's not the right thing to do. If it, it doesn't feel like a passion, I, I don't think you should pursue it. Um, It's just because you think it's the next thing to do, the right thing to do kind of thing. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, Um. so if we take it back then eight years, why why did you get into Lashes in the first place? Um. So before I get kind of into it, um, I actually, the the girl who got me into lashing was one of my close friends, Laura. And um, sadly we lost Laura in May and it's, it's been a really hard year this year to deal with that. Um, so I do want to dedicate this award to her because, you know, I, I wouldn't be sat here talking to you today. Um, yeah. I'm going to try not get emotional. Um, but yeah, she, she got me into it. Um, so... It was 2014, I was working at a solicitors and I, I, I just thought this nine to five, like kind of working model just wasn't for me. Um, and she said, oh, I'll, I'll do your lashes for your holiday. And I was like, great. And, you know, prior to the appointment, I just presumed it was like party lashes because I hadn't even heard of semi-permanent lash extensions. Um, so she does my lashes and um, we she, she does them. And, and I was like, what the hell are these? Like, this isn't, you know, kind of what I expected. And she was like, oh, they're like this new thing, like semi-permanent lashes. And I said, look, do you, would you mind if I looked into the course? Because at the time I had my own flat, um, the money was rubbish at the solicitors and it just wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, she was like, yeah, go for it. So she supported me, guided me, helped me. Um, I found a course and um, it kind of went from there. And it just, it was mad. You know, the money you could make after work would be more than I'd, I'd be doing at work nine till five and then work on a night and, make more money and I just think that wow this is mental like how how aren't people doing this more um and I just fell in love with it straight away I really enjoyed it albeit I was a terrible lash artist in the beginning <laughs> to be honest I think most people are um and that's something with training anyway I feel like people do a lot of research and they see a lot of these amazing sets and then they think that they're going to take a course 
and then suddenly become this world-class lash artist after day one um and yeah. it's when you see see your trainers first ever sets you realize how how long and how much work it takes to actually get good at it yeah definitely um it, it I feel like god it took me about six years to feel confident and I think um like comparison is like a thief of joy isn't it and I was always comparing myself like why am I not getting better but you know you, you just have to take you've got to be patient with it and you have to take on I think you've always got to be training and learning new things because it's always evolving the theory and like styling and things like that so it's definitely not a linear it's definitely not a linear process isn't it you've just got to keep evolving as time goes on definitely I agree with that so when you um took your first training can you tell us a little bit about your first ever training experience um, it was awful. <laughs> um, I found this course, ironically, it was opposite my house, my flat. And I thought, God, that's too good to be true. Um, so I took the course. Well, I actually went for a con like kind of like a consultation kind of thing just to come and see what it was about. And she was um, she was quite predatorial. She was quite scary. And she demanded like the the cost, the half of the cost, like up front. And I kind of felt pressured. And at that time, I think I probably only had £150 in my bank anyway. But I paid it and I just thought, right, well, I have to do it now. And it kind of was a good thing because I maybe probably would have been reluctant to do it. You know, I haven't been to the place. But um, it was really intense. Obviously, the theory is pretty basic. And now I'm a trainer. I can't believe kind of what minimal kind of theory I was taught. But, you know, I was taught with like wooden toothpicks and things it was all a bit bizarre and it was like a bit, very eerie place and she made me sit there for 13 hours until I finished a set and it just was awful like I was tired I was frustrated and I think from learning at university like it's no good to anybody to do all of this intense theory or all of this work all day and then try and do a practical assessment um so compared to kind of how I teach my students I kind of just get them in for an hour and an hour and a half practical assessment because they've just had an overload of information all day um and I learned from that experience like not what to do so yeah, yeah it was it wasn't great but um I, I'm somehow still doing it <laughs> I was gonna say after an experience like that what was it that made you think I'm gonna continue especially as as you said you, you probably weren't the best after your first day I think because it was just a brand new a brand new treatment that wasn't really in our area at the time I think I was really popular because I was like kind of bringing this whole like new demographic of young girls in and doing the lashes, albeit, yeah, they weren't amazing, but it was still something brand new and just kind of the rise of lashes in that time. Um, so I've always been really busy. And when I look back at my photos, I think how and why, but yeah. I was. Um, and I think obviously it's not just about talent, is it? It's about your experience. And I've always had a good relationship with clients and, you know, performed like in a, a safe manner and in a clean manner so that's probably why people have came back and I've got people from who came to me then that still come to me now so I think building that relationship as well but yeah I just I just stuck at it because I was busy and I, I didn't I really enjoyed it it was frustrating in the start but I kind of I just didn't want to let it go you know I, I'm quite tenacious I like I never give up and I never stop trying and um I just want to keep pursuing it that is uh, do you reckon that's the northerner in you yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what makes you, would you say, makes you different or stand out from other trainers then now that you're doing your training? Um, I'd definitely say the fact that 
I hold like only ever intimate sessions, you know, um, there's only ever one or two people at one time um, learning and because I like to make it personal and tailor the the lesson to their needs, like not every learner is the same, you know, some are more visual, some are more oral or kinesthetic, like, you know, I get to combine all them different needs for that person in them lessons. And then as well as that, the accessibility to me afterwards, like after the course, like I'm always there for my students, I go guide them from, you know, from the second they leave that door, I'm with them, like we've got a group chat, we talk every day, you know, if they've got any questions, I'll I'll be there on hand to answer them. Um, any advice, you know, I've never got that after a course, and I th I thought it was so important, and it makes me think like, other trainers, do they just kind of want that money and then be gone and get on to the next student? But I actually do care. Like I care about my um my students. I care about the training and the quality of training. So I think um the fact that I kind of I built this little community. Um, I think that's why it, I, I do stand out from other trainers. Yeah, I think it's it's that's really interesting that you've said that because I had um our other winner from the Training Academy of the Year Awards. Um, I did the interview yesterday, and part of what I my conversation with her. If anyone's listening to this now and hasn't listened to that one, go back and listen as well. Um, you've just echoed what I was talking about as to the what can make such a difference because there are people in the industry, obviously not naming names, that will become a trainer and they they might start off with these intimate courses that have. Uh, get good reviews and you can give good after course support however all of a sudden it, it's like well, hang on let me just do four people let me just do six people let me just have eight yeah. people on this course and before you know it you can't you can't have that one-to-one -one time so I think what you've just said is is exactly right it's uh and is consistent of these well-known uh leading trainers is that they uh they keep it small and they can build relationships and they can support and guide students through rather than just seeing everybody as let's just get the money and get the bums on seats and send them on their way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I would I agree with you 100 percent that that will contribute into uh, the fact that you're now award winning and the success that you're currently having. Definitely. Yeah. OK, I so think it shows the results as well, you know, like my, my students work, you know, they look like I did six years later from starting like what they're doing yeah. and it shows definitely like it does it does really work if you're just kind of giving that that extra support yeah and as you know when you take your first course it's quite daunting it's you don't know anything about anything so to know that yeah. you've got a trainer there that's gonna uh, be with you and support you and and understands that whole process rather than you're just in a room a sea of people that you you you're scared to ask questions you're um anything yeah. like that so yeah i think that is a great yeah. asset to have as a trainer um with with being a trainer what was it that originally made you want to be a trainer um obviously like i said the the university and um you know like having that passion for education it, it i'd kind of after i had my little girl i had my little girl in october 2020 um and I just I've been on maternity for about three months and it was New Year and I just thought right I need to have I need to do my next steps like I felt ready to go into the next part so I rebranded I, I kind of invested that grant I got in December it was about you know a few a couple of grand and I I, I invested it all into the training courses myself theory courses I just wanted to like like share that wealth of knowledge um and it just felt like the right time yeah. 
That is good. Well, happy birthday to your daughter, which is coming up. Is yeah. it beginning <laughs> of October? Uh, she's 14th of October. She'll be two, oh, which is just mental. <laughs> that is crazy, isn't it? Jesus. Okay, yeah. So uh, I think another a key point for people that are listening to this is is a lot of people did get grants, uh, rightfully so, through COVID. Um, and it's what you've done with that. And it, you've really got your head screwed on uh, to take what you're doing seriously. And I think then it, all of it, like I said before, it already it contributes into into what it is that you're achieving and where you're going, the direction that you're going in, uh, which is pretty cool. Okay, so with your training, um, a question I want to ask is, what do you think is most important for new lash techs to learn or know first? Um, I think they really need to have a good understanding of the theory that underpins every aspect of lashing. Um, you know, like, like I said, theory when a lot of lash trainers who've been in it for a long time, the theory back then, it was very basic. Um, and I kind of, when I've been on courses in the past, you know, the theory has been an hour long and, and I take like four hours doing theory because I think they need to know everything. They need to know about the lash cycle. They need to know how to work with like pre and post like treatments for like lash cleansing and things like that. How to work with all the liquids, um, how to work with like, retention issues like there's so many things that are kind of overlooked and people just go over the basics so I really go into everything in depth um, and I think that's like I said the results of my students already I think that shows um, they're getting good retention they're getting returning clients you know some of them have quit the jobs um, and they're doing it full-time they're charging the same as me and I think yeah like good for you um, and I do think it like one of the biggest things is obviously understanding art theory and really going into it into a lot of detail um, another thing I'd say is like, obviously your social media presence. I know it's not everything to kind of gain your clients, but you know, you need to have that personal brand. Like you need to build a strong personal brand. Like I do obviously you, use you as a massive example with lash base, like, you know, you associate lash base with you, like hopefully you associate me with like the face of me, my brand. And I say to them, like, get yourself on there. Like you need to show your face and, um, be present on social media I know it's kind of like it's another thing to learn but you know I, I do guide them through that so I think kind of your social media presence and your in your theory um, is two massive ones to kind of to understand to make sure you know yeah I think as well I, I definitely agree with both of those things that you've said so with with um, students and, and the they don't understand this is from my experience anyway when I, when I see a few people that are entering the industry uh, a lot of people see nice lashes or people with nice lashes or they have nice lashes themselves because they've gone for a treatment and they think I want to do nice lashes so I just want to make beautiful lovely looking lashes um, a lot of people can enter the industry and they don't they don't know the importance of the theory side of it, or they kind of just don't, they don't want to know the importance. They just want to do good lashes. Um, do you ever, do you ever get a a point in your training where you have to, I say like tough love, but it's so important and they won't realize that new students at the time that are learning all of the theory behind um, retention and cleansing and just, just the, the like you said, the, nat the natural lash cycle, all of that will make them better lash artists. And in the future, they'll thank you for that. But do you ever get any pushback at that point of first teaching them with? Yeah, I think. That... Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was just going to say like, obviously it's a really technical skill 
And when we compare it to something like hairdressing, like hairdressers learn for two years before they go onto a salon floor. And we're meant to like kind of push that all out in a day and then people go out into the lash world when, and it's all quite intense and there's a lot to think about, but I say like, don't let anything slide because as soon as you do that, you're letting your, you're letting your quality slide. Um, so I think sometimes you're a bit overwhelmed with all the theory. And, and like I said, I do go in heavy with it, but I'm like, you will thank me later. And sometimes that they have to message and say, oh, what did you say about the primer again? Like, you know, what type of lashes shall I put it on? And I'll just remind them because obviously it is a massive amount of theory to learn, but I know that I never got that. So it's so important for the future so that they don't have to in years to come think, oh God, my training was really rubbish. I'm going to have to redo it. or I'm just not going to pursue them um, because it was too daunting. So yeah, you, I just have to say like, you need to like not let things slide and, just keep practicing like the magic word is practice isn't it like for yeah. lashing yeah yeah okay so I think you kind of answered this but what do you think makes you a good trainer um definitely subject knowledge um definitely adaptability you know like I said you know suiting them lessons to their needs um patience you need to have a lot of patience like they're not people are not going to pick up straight away and that's okay like I didn't pick up straight away but if you kind of lose your temper with it, you know, you're not, it's not the job for you. Like you need to have a lot of patience and need to be organized um, and definitely need to be a good role model for them. Like hopefully my students like do see me as a good role model um, because I care, like you need to have that care and compassion and want to help them and support them. Um, so I think if you kind of take all of them little aspects that that would build a, a good trainer. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so um, with your training specifically, how do you get most of your students? Where do they come from? Um, actually, um, word of mouth. I'd say most of them. Um, I've had ex clients or current clients want to do it, and I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely fine. And then they kind of talk to someone and they book in, and then they kind of book in, um, and then they return. Like my students return for different courses, so. I'd actually say word of mouth. Um, obviously social media helps us a lot as lot as well. Um, Instagram is a really big one, but I think it's actually been a lot like a lot of question like messages kind of start with oh so and so's recommended you or you know I've I've heard that you've been really good at this so that makes me feel good. Um, so yeah, I'd say probably social media, but um, but more prominently word of mouth. Yeah, yeah, I think again that's consistent with uh, people that are doing well in the industry. They will say most is word of mouth. The good thing about like social media isn't the be all and end all. However, it is um, amazing for likes being that social proof and supplementing your business. So, for example, like you just said, someone will will tell someone else about you, and the first thing people do when you get you hear about someone else is quickly, I'll oh, go check on their Instagram. You go and have a yeah. look. So that is why yeah. social media is important because you need to have your face there you need to be had to be active you need to show what you're doing what you offer everything um and that's why social media is important however it as you said it all starts from that word of mouth and if you are managing to create a good experience if you are like you said being um you're adapting to who it is that you're having with you you're keeping it small and intimate and they feel and they um, enjoy their experience then that's only going to improve the fact that they're going to re recommend you to somebody else which then they come to your social media accounts and then you'll probably get a DM or whatever it is from someone that wants to ask a follow-up question. So it's just one big, you don't do one and not the other. It's you should yeah. give it a go at doing all of them. And, and I know it is, is another thing to do. Um, 
but yeah, all of it just adds into being like the package for being able to create um, a successful business, which all starts from the experience that you're actually giving the people like human interaction. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so um, moving on to questions that are slightly on off the topic of training, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Something that I'm asking as many people as I can, uh, because uh, I want to get your take on pre or pro made fans. And the reason I want to ask that question is because the I think I said in a re recent Instagram post, like we always used to say that pre-made fans are the future of the industry. And the thing is, like, whilst that's true, they're actually now the present. If you have a look at um, people that use them or people that don't, it's now uh, over 50 percent of people do use pre and pro-made fans. Maybe not all the time for every set, but some they would at least have them on hand to be able to use, which means that they are the present of the lash industry. So I wanted to get your take as someone that's been in the industry way before they even existed, um, uh, just to see what you think, uh, what you think about now. Okay, so I'm probably an unpopular opinion, um, but I just don't like them <laughs> at all. Um, I think they're too faffy, they take too long. I can, I think because my pinching method's so quick, when I kind of, I bought a few boxes and I thought, right, I'll, have a, I'll give it a go. And they just weren't attaching well. Um, I like to wrap my lashes around the natural lash for a good retention. And obviously you can't do that. And I just, I just couldn't get away with them. Um, I, I understand why people do it, but I think if you do nail the, the training of like learning the different techniques, like the pinching or wiggling on the stripper kind of thing like that, then you, you won't need to buy all that. But obviously the numbers can't deny that it's obviously popular. Um, it just for me, I, I personally don't use them and it's not something, I don't try and encourage my students to do it on the Russian training because I say like, you know, if you want to be a lash trained, like, um, sorry, a lash um, technician, you know, you, you want to understand all the theory and learning these different methods because they are quick and they're, they're good for like the cost. Um, so yeah, I'm just not, really on the pre and pro made fan wagon <laughs> good well it's all personal preference and and yeah. there is no right or wrong answers um uh, yeah so i think from from what you're saying there i because i'm a massive fan of pre-mades and pro-mades um i i believe that uh that they are great and I'm, I'm like i don't have a problem with them in any way however what um saying I don't have a problem with them one of the problems that I have with the lash industry as a whole is that um what I have um seen is that there's been a drop off in people taking russian volume lash courses because they're just doing their classic training and then they'll go straight from classic to buying pre-mades and pro-mades now yeah. for me and again uh, sorry just to repeat what you've said it's so important that you uh, still understand that hand making methods and like you if you can make them uh, um, in the way that you can then why would you use pre-mades and pro-mades if you can do it yourself um, at a reasonable rate uh, fully personalized um, and understand all of the extra bits that you understand that go along with hand making volume fans so for me I love pre-mades and pro-mades and I think they're going to continue to grow however I do I worry um, about how many people actually learn handmade volume and if is there a way to improve that? Have you seen in your courses, what uh, you, most of your courses classics or do you do Russians? 
Um, most of the courses are classics and I have obviously seen some of my students using pre-made fans and saying they're offering hybrids. So, you know, it does happen. It is obviously happening um, everywhere and I totally agree. Um, but there's obviously there's so much more theory to learn with the Russian training about like um, safe weights and things like that. Um, and they're just kind of bypassing that and just buying what they think they should or probably what they've seen on a Facebook group and then um, going for it. So, yeah, I, I do agree that is an issue. Yeah, and I I don't currently have the answer as to uh, how you would encourage more people to learn the art of hand making volume um, right now. So something something for me to think about, and I guess <laughs> something for you to consider with the way you market your business as well. I guess. Yeah. Um, okay, so I've got a couple of questions left because we are running out of time. Um, when so when you when you lash when you're doing your lashing, what do you struggle with most? Um, probably adapting to each variable um that I'm dealt with in my environment so I lash in a basement my salon's two floors um so I'm I'm downstairs um so because I'm in a basement I'm always dealing with um you know the humidity to, uh, parameters dropping or like the temperature rising or dropping you know it's kind of always extreme conditions so you obviously need to you understand how you work with your adhesive and kind of you know you like using a dehumidifier or humidifier or aircon unit or kind of using different liquids prior to the treatment um, to kind of like balance the pH and things like that. And that is obviously a minefield because you don't know if other brands counteract each other, if they're working well. And it's something that you can't tell as well until when some your client returns for an infill and you don't know if it's worked or not. Um, so I'd say that's probably the biggest issue, just working with them variables and... Um, you know, it's it's very, you know, in the basement, it's it, it can just totally fluctuate the temperature and humidity. So it's just kind of working with that, really. And that can be that's like a forever problem, isn't it? Like, yeah, having, yeah. there are always, always it's something whenever we're speaking with um, any lash techs that message us, it's we always have to say that there are thousands of variables in play at any given moment. Um, because if if say if you came to Lash Base asking how you could improve your attention and you you didn't provide us with the information that you work from a basement that it wildly changes, then it yeah. was harder for us to try and diagnose a, a retention problem because yeah. everyone's got unique um, issues and variables in play at any given time. Even client to client, everyone's lashes are different uh, yeah. to then understand what you should or shouldn't be using or or how you should be applying and stuff, which I guess from good training and good theory is where you can um, learn to troubleshoot better, I guess, and understand your yeah. problems. Yeah. Okay. So last question for you. Um, what are your plans for the future within the lash industry? Now this could be like in the next six months, it could be in the next five years, but what are your plans for the future and Ashes Lashes? <laughs> um definitely keep pushing my academy um i absolutely love the training aspect of it um but i also do love the the face-to-face -face client interaction but I, I do really enjoy the teaching it's kind of my passion um i'd love to open potentially another second place um that maybe just focuses on the tra training um and then also i'd love to look into like visiting colleges because i think sometimes the quality of lash training in something like a level three beauty isn't always up to scratch, like the theories may be old um, or the trainer's not been lashing for a long time. So I kind of want to see if I can get into local colleges and, you know, kind of, um, you know, do a drop-in um, of like helping out the, their trainers. 
Um, so yeah, just see where it goes, really. There's some good aims. And yeah, you're right about the colleges. They're, they're very slow to pick up on the changes in, in an industry that changes very quickly. Um, yeah. But yeah, from so far from what we all of the team here at Lashbase have seen from you, um, I know we've we've known you for a little while now, um, and obviously we had to do some some proper snooping for the awards to, <laughs> to make sure that we were giving the right people the the award, right awards and stuff. So we we believe that whatever it is that you're going to try and do, especially within training, um, you're definitely going to be able to achieve, and then more than that. So um, we're buzzing for you, and we think you. <laughs> deserve it massively and have a huge future considering I know you've been in the industry a while but uh, to be training for such a short period of time and already be like better than 90% of people at least um, at training is is a huge thing um, and obviously rightfully so an award winner and um, I think you've said you're nominated for another award as well already locally um, yeah yeah I'm sure I'm sure they'll keep coming every single year anyway so um, that's about it. Um, also, just before we do go, could you just let people know where they can find you and stuff? I will put it in all like the the podcast notes and the, and captions wherever we post this. Uh, but if you could just let people know where they can find you, that'd be great. Yeah. Um. So on Instagram, I'm Ashes Lashes X. Um. Ashes A S H E S. Um. I've got a website AshesLashes.co.uk. If you want any more information, um, and my emails on there, and booking systems on there, and everything like that. So. They're probably the two main things to find me on. Great. And this episode's dedicated to your friend. You say Laura, sorry. Laura, yeah. Yeah, dedicated to Laura. Okay, and that about wraps it up. Thank you very much to everybody that's listened to this episode of the Lash Base podcast with uh, the award winner from Ashes Lashes, Ashley. Uh, we'll be back very soon with another episode. Um, so we'll speak to you next week. <laughs>